From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with The Conversation's politics team. Hi, my name's Amanda Dunn. I'm the Politics and Society Editor for The Conversation, and I'm speaking with Michelle Grattan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Amanda. Michelle, the legislation for the voice to parliament is being debated this week. While at the same time polls are showing that support for the voice is slipping a little, is the government worried about this, do you think, and should it be? I think it is somewhat worried because, as we know, referendums are really, really hard to pass and you need that double majority, a majority of states as well as the overall national majority. But I think it's a bit early for the government to be too worried because we've got several months to go and uh, the debate will go on in the community, of course, and intensify over those months. We've seen the general information campaign start from the government this week. That's uh, not a campaign for the yes vote. The government's not financing either a yes or a no vote campaign, but telling people the referendum is on. It's going to be a long and rugged road and it's not at all clear how this is going to end up. But I would say at this stage, the result is still pretty open. Okay. And meanwhile, opposition leader Peter Dutton is continuing along the path of referring to the voice as identity politics. And he, of course, has already said that the Liberal Party will not support the voice to parliament. Is his viewpoint gaining traction, do you think? It's probably, uh, to some extent, uh, crystallising the issue for those inclined to vote no, but it is only one contribution, of course, in a very wide range of contributions on both sides, both in Parliament, uh, but equally importantly, outside Parliament. For example, what we've seen over recent times is uh, a number of sporting organisations coming out in favour of the voice uh, that, again, Again, will be an influence in how this debate runs. So I don't think that any individual, any one organisation is a determining factor in this debate. It, it really is how the general debate runs with many, many contributions from all sorts of quarters over the next few months. All right, and Michelle, the Prime Minister's had a busy week on the foreign affairs front. So the quad meeting between Australia, the United States, India and Japan was meant to take place in Sydney this week. But as we know, it had to be cancelled because US President Joe Biden needed to return to Washington to deal with the debt ceiling crisis over there. That must have been a blow to Albanese, but it seems as though they managed a pretty good meeting anyway. It was a blow on the publicity level. He would have loved, of course, to have had that meeting in Sydney at the Opera House uh, with, with all the uh, colour and movement that would have surrounded that. But, of course, he ended up with the visit by uh, the Indian Prime Minister Modi, which uh, was going to be a, a broader visit anyway. So that's provided certainly plenty of colour, and, and we'll get to that in a, a moment. But as for the Quad, yes, it was a short meeting under 50 minutes. It was on the sidelines of the G7 conference, but I think they got out all the messages and all the announcements that they would have had in Sydney, uh, but just with less of the uh, general publicity around it. I think the Quad is uh, still a very relevant grouping and one that's important for Australia, and probably the, uh, the next meeting will be uh, somewhat longer. 
All right, and Michelle, as you mentioned earlier, the Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi is in Sydney at the moment, and uh, yesterday he was given a rock star welcome with thousands of people turning out to greet him, as well as some protesters who were out the front of the Olympic Park Stadium. What have been the key takeaways from their meeting between him and Anthony Albanese? I guess the key takeaway is that uh, Australia, the Australian government, really wants to ramp up this relationship. It's ebbed and flowed a bit uh, over the years, but both sides regard it as important. India potentially is a very important market for Australia, a growing economy, a huge population. Of course, we get a lot of Indian students, we get a lot of Indian migrants, and going the other way, the trade relationship uh, broadly is important. So that's the overarching take out of it. Uh, Specifically, there was uh, an agreement on migration and uh, labour mobility of um, students, uh, professionals, business people, and uh, there's going to be an increase in the diplomatic representation both ways, and there was also an agreement on cooperation on hydrogen development. So there were some specifics. As you said, uh, the reception for the Prime Minister was uh, incredible with that uh, gathering in, in Sydney last night. Literally, plane loads of people came. I think there was a a plane chartered from New Zealand to bring uh, some of the Indians from there. And, of course, in in local political terms, there's a big Australian-Indian population here. And uh, so the federal government, Labor government, would be mindful of that and mindful of the importance of Australian-Indian voters in uh, a number of electorates. And the Indian Prime Minister, too, would be looking for uh, a bit of publicity flowing back home from the visit. As you say, though, he is a controversial figure and he has a somewhat mixed record politically, treatment of Muslims and uh, other human rights issues, his dealings with the uh, media. And so we do have to bear in mind, I think, that while India is a, a great democracy, it's a rather different democracy from our very liberal democracy in Australia. And also we have to bear in mind that while Australia and India have common foreign policy interests, they also have considerable differences in their foreign policy, like, for example, attitudes to Russia where India has not been critical like Australia. All right. And just finally, Michelle, the past weekend was the first year anniversary of the Albanese government. Now, you've written in your columns that one of their defining approaches is that they don't frighten the horses, that they go very cautiously in order to get what they want. Do you think this second year of the government will see them take a bolder approach or do you think we'll actually have to wait for a a second term government to see that? I think Anthony Albanese's approach is that you go pretty softly, softly throughout a first term in the uh, hope and indeed uh, expectation of winning a second term. Whether he's in a position, though, at the end of the first term to put a a bolder agenda for the second term to the people is... uh, still, I think, a a very moot point because, remember, while he is very much in command of things politically, he doesn't have a very large majority. He's got quite a slim majority, so he'd only have to lose a handful of seats and he would be back to minority government, and that's a whole 
different world. So the next year will be very interesting politically in whether he can hold on to the solid and commanding polling position that he has at the moment so that he can be confident of retaining majority government at the next election, not falling into minority government. Nobody would expect at this stage to see a Liberal government, but it's possible you could see a minority Labor government if things turn bad. All right, Michelle, terrific to talk with you as always. Thanks very much. Thanks, Amanda. Our theme music is by Lee Rosevere. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at theconversation.com. Hi, I'm Misha Ketchell, editor of The Conversation. We work with academic experts to make their work accessible so we can all be better informed. Everything we do is free to read and free to republish. Our only agenda is informing you, but we need your support. Every donation helps ensure quality information is available to everyone. Become a donor today. Go to donate.theconversation.com or follow the link in the show notes.